Hi, I'm Joel. And I'm Kishan. And this is Tea for Two. This is our BFF podcast where we talk about anything from science to popular culture, the arts, and life in Singapore. Hi everyone, it's me, Joel, a playwright and performer. And it's me, Kishan, a science educator. <laughs> Welcome back to T42. It's our best friend podcast where we talk about whatever the fecundity we want. Mm. Fecundity, dear oh. listener, is the noun form of the, uh, the, of the adjective fecund, <laughs> which means fertile, we ripe. Dictionary.com. Yeah, yeah this is a this. We this just is a learning the, yeah, yeah. point. Uh, learning use, moment. Use your words. Use your words. Correct. Mm, why are we talking about fecundity? Oh, because we've been especially fertile this oh, week at the podcast. Oh, just dripping with um those fecund juices. <laughs> So Ew, gross. Growing from fecundity to fecundity. Disgusting. This is an unpleasant word to say. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, it sounds like yeah. a vulgarity. Yeah, what, what good news do we have to share with our dear listeners? Oh, of course, <laughs> it's about the charts. <laughs> we're, 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 we're basically like at 150 on Spotify charts. Oh my god. From not on the charts. From not on the charts to suddenly tenuously at the bottom of the chart. 150, not so bad, what? No, no, no. We were for a while like resolutely at the bottom of the chart. We really were. Kind of falling off like you know like um, hanging for a dear lives yeah like uh, on the titanic right Correct. and then now we're just kind of like slowly hovering above the bottom yeah so i feel like we are definitely not are we bottom of the barrel no 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 close no. to the bottom of the barrel not too bad though so, <laughs> yeah but i mean like well done to us and well done to you dear no, listeners yeah, it's nothing to do with us yeah it's, it's all our dear <laughs> listeners so many of whom have joined us recently yeah and i think every once in a while it's good to say welcome those of you who have just joined Hi. our wonderful podcast mm. my name is joel my name is kishan yeah and <laughs> That's basically all you need to know. Yeah, then strap in. Yeah, <laughs> we are very shrill, so you might want to turn the volume down on this podcast. Correct, yeah. correct. Um, mm. Also, if you have not followed us on Instagram, that's a very good way to, you know, join the T42 community. <laughs> <laughs> The, oh my god The we sorority have yeah, we have a, We're there You can leave comments Ask yeah. us questions And you sometimes know. you can Take part in our shenanigans Yeah yeah Got worksheets Got worksheets mm. got, You know next time You can do some worksheets With us ah, Correct correct correct. Mm. Also like uh, I feel like Since the last episode Where we did our You know Unexpected Sheng Xiong ASMR Right Of course I feel like we've garnered A lot of enthusiasm From our little Like uh, f- uh, community of followers <laughs> About us actually Getting Sheng Xiong sponsorship That's right People so are quite No people are quite vocal yeah. About us getting that sponsorship, yeah, and yes. you know, I feel like should we make this a thing? Yeah, la, So it's now T for two begrudgingly sponsored yeah, by yeah. Sheng Xiong. They don't know they are sponsoring us. <laughs> they don't but know T for two sponsored by Sheng Xiong Supermarket. Correct. Yeah. I think we will get a cease and desist letter at some point. <laughs> I if that cease and desist letter comes with voucher, I don't mind. <laughs> They'll be like. Fine, we'll give you the voucher, but you just stop saying you're sponsored by us. We have what had nothing to do with the two of you. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> Alright, it's time for our very first segment of the day. Are you home? Shirley. It's the segment in which we discuss an aspect of life in Singapore that either fascinates or horrifies us very often. Both. And what do we have for the chopping block today? Oh, today we have absurdity. Yeah, the pure absurdity of political life in Singapore. Singapore. 
I think like um, any casual, even like low-level observer of Singapore will know that life here can often be very absurd. Yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah, and the political realm and like the realm of law and punishment and discipline is often hard to piece together. Yeah, it's, it's a bit nuts. Lah. Yeah. And I think we want to talk about absurdity in relation to something that happened to poor Louis Ng. Oh, lah. yeah. So, <laughs> Louis, MP Louis Ng. Yeah, MP yeah. Louis Ng. Fresh face, new MP Louis yes. Ng. Fresh face, ah. He got fresh face, ah. He's quite cute, I think. (laughs) So, Louis Ng is being investigated for holding a public assembly without a permit. (laughs) (laughs) I love... I mean, let's just read it again, read it again. That sentence is ridiculous. Uh, From Straits Times, huh? Louis Ng is being... MP Louis Ng is being investigated for holding a public assembly without a permit. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's so funny. So what had happened was that uh, poor Louis Ng last June went around uh, to do his walkabout. Uh, I think this was after uh, phase two? As, as phase two happened. Yeah, as phase yeah. two happened. And, the ho- and everybody could go back. Correct. The, yeah. yeah, so he basically went about, uh, uh, went around uh, to the hawker n- nearby his constituency and hold and held up like a uh, a banner? No, or a, 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 po- a sign. A, a sign, yeah. A piece of paper that on, onto which subsequently were what the words imposed are. the words. Yeah, support them with a smiley face at the end. Yeah, the, support I, the them, smiley face. Yeah, the yeah. idea was to basically get people to come down and buy food yeah, from the because hawkers. Because the hawkers were having a hard time. Pretty hard yeah. time. Yeah, so that was the whole thing. Well, and the uh, poor guy is being now investigated. <laughs> for uh, <laughs> for organising a public assembly, public assembly without, without a permit. Without a permit. I mean, right. yeah, obviously the, the flip side of this is that this is happening in this... Oh, the, you're so funny. But this is happening in the context of the Jolivan Wham situation, sure, right? Yeah. Where, so activists, I think around the same time, mm. Jolivan Wham, the activist, was um, getting was in some in a spot of trouble with the police over his holding up of a placard with a smiley face drawn on it That's in right. front of some government building mm. to express solidarity with um, two SG climate rally activists who had done a similar action. Uh, and were charged and you know uh, were, were investigated and charged for, right. for for the same thing not holding a public assembly mm. uh, not getting a license to do a public assembly and then Jolivan Bam was subsequently slapped with the same yeah. uh, the same charge right yeah. uh, and I think went to jail for it as well yeah. and then like I think people pointed out on the online citizen right as Louis Ng's photos were circulating eh how come like, eh, let it yeah, me? because like <laughs> eh got one smiley face there eh got one smiley face here correct how come ah uh? so people started yeah. pointing it out so la. I think that might have triggered the police investigation yeah. right? so it's, it's I don't know it's, it's absurd because yeah. he's for me what he's doing is clearly just going around getting people yeah, to talk to auntie uncle only. yeah talk to auntie uncle going around just saying hey like let's buy hawker food yeah, yeah. I think, poor I think guy the, the reason why I'm so confused by this right it's just I do not understand why this is happening Um, and it's it, okay because on one level right I can understand why Jolivan Wham what happened to Jolivan Wham and the climate the climate rally activists I can't understand why that happened right because the the action could be very clearly construed as a, as a political action right and it's, it's meant to kind of like incite um, a kind of political response right mm. it is commenting on uh, you know mm. I can see how in a very perverse of course kind of, uh, and also of, because of who he is la. yeah yeah because yeah. he's a noted you know human rights activist, activist. Yeah. so I can see how in a very perverse kind of autocratic or author- authoritarian logic you know uh, Jolivan Wham holding up a sign in front of a building can be construed as a one man assembly. That's right. I, I can and 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 the whole even the whole one man assembly thing. I think I can kind of like understand. I don't support it obviously. I think mm. it's I think it's an overreach of state power. But sure. I can see how in that kind of warped logic, yep. that warped autocratic logic, you could turn a, a one man into an assembly. Sure. So the thing I don't understand is that even within this stream of logic, Uncle right? Uncle Louis, yeah. Um, <laughs> 
what what's got what has Luisa got to do with it? Like okay, I mean it's an ongoing police investigation, so best not to speculate, right? I'm but like, not, I, I mean, not. it's like I really just can't wrap my mind around how that could be construed as a public assembly. Yeah, I know. I, I'm or with even at, or as a political act. Yeah. <laughs> Is it political because he's a politician? The photos right. are so cute with the yeah. auntie and uncle. And they all look so happy <laughs> to be yeah. supported. Yellow. It's like, ah, very good at this boy. Yeah, they probably think like, what, after after ah, MP come, show business ah, go up. Quiet, ah, quiet. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> nah, give you one bowl, me pop. Ah, you go, yeah. go, go, get. Nah. Ah. Yeah, no. No, just don't. Okay, so people are saying like, oh, clearly this is a kind of like, um, to show that there's parity, yeah, right? parity between, between how one, was, one, yeah. one move, uh, one action and another. But I, right. what I'm saying is that on even within the warp autocratic logics that created the one man assembly conundrum, Louis, yeah. uh, I can't, I can't square it in my head. Yeah. Maybe I'm naive. No, no. In know? fact, this is confusing to me also. Right. Like just, just reading the report, going, huh? So, so right. I don't know how to. So I think this confusion is very interesting. Yeah. To be put, to be put in this confused state. Correct. Which, because like, which we can talk about. Like, 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 even, okay, even as we were, so we've recorded this segment a couple of times already. Yeah, dear like, listeners, this is like the second time so we're doing this. after we did it just now, <laughs> right, we realized it is an ongoing police, police investigation. investigation. So are, we, li- are we liable to be like uh, wet with Pofma yeah. if we speculate too much about it? Correct. And then we went on for like maybe 10 plus minutes, yeah. at least 50, like, scrolling through. We actually looked through the Pofma like, act, yeah. you know, like, like will we gonna or not? Correct. So, so we were in a state of like, you know, questioning ourselves, yeah. second guessing ourselves. And then ourselves. going like, okay, we can say X Y Z A B C B D and then and then and then we went and then we went back and said oh, okay maybe maybe better maybe don't say X Y Z maybe M P O can ah but then like A B C one two point five two two maybe or not <laughs> and then and then like. <laughs> Did, did it not reach a moment where we both stepped back and went what the fuck are we doing yeah correct it's like, so it became like maybe we shouldn't talk about it at all yeah and this has happened many times on the podcast right. when we want to talk about something related to politics yeah. we always go like hmm or something that or something that's an ongoing investigation where yeah. we go like alamat where, where we might kena pofmat so what can we say and what can we not so, say you see I think that's interesting because then like the impulse to just not talk about it becomes very much, real. much, re- much stronger yeah, right? very, it's very like real. Uh, better don't say yeah like, this is literally the example an example Example of censorship, yeah. uh, like you know, a kind self censorship, yeah, nebulous self censorship, right? Yeah. Because like in in the realm of the the possible and the ambiguous and the blur, where do you even start to chart, you know, the coordinates of what you can and cannot say? Exactly. So it's like we can state the facts, but then you know, even to express like incredibility, yeah, or incredulity that this is happening, yeah, can is that even like you know, is that even kosher? Is that even fair game? Because to to say something's absurd could very well be a criticism of the process, could very well be uh, an exclamation of like um, disbelief in the facts, perhaps, mm. which is all liable to be kind of like whacked with a a, a false a false what 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 is a the, falsehood? I believe a, yeah. to be described as a falsehood, falsehood, yeah, especially in the context of an ongoing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. So I think that's one of the. the is, could it be one of the desired consequences? Obviously, of, obviously, of the Pofma to, obviously, to basically it is. make people second guess and make people like go back into their shell and go, yeah. like, "Hey, better not. I uh, mean, better not." I I mean, I love that. Like um, the whole. Uh, fake news thing that Donald Trump kind of turned into a, into a, an autocratic movement um, gave our government an opening yep. to finally police, you know, in a speech on the internet yeah, in, that's in this right. way because it's like you know everybody loves to opine and in, on on ongoing you know um, 
events of political interest such as this, yeah. right? And now to even opine on something as it's happening, which is the most critical point, right? Yeah. Is it's, it's not allowed. Yeah, it's not. It's not that it's not allowed. It's just fraught with uncertainty. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't know. And, and this is where, as we are talking about things as it's happened, this is where rich discussion can happen, where yeah. we push the frontier Correct. of things, right? Right. But now it's it's made a lot more difficult. Yeah, and I feel this is in, in itself kind of absurd. <laughs> yeah. You know, it is absurd. Yeah. Like, and I just want to loop it back to it's a like, fucking play, la, Yeah, we just it is a play. Through. I can't even write a play this good. <laughs> you see, that is the thing, right? Real life. Real life uh, in Singapore is the best absurdist play. It's like a pinter play, uh. Wow, no man. <laughs> you do not trust me. You do not want to be in a pinter. I don't know. Play. I don't want to be caught in the loop. Uh. No, no, no. I don't feel like want. we are we're still a few shades above pinter. <laughs> uh. so, so you know, like if we when we've crossed into the pinter landscape, yeah, we might as well just like um just, uh, find just, a way out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although perhaps there will be no, no exit. way out. No exit. That's, that's the title of another kind of horrible play Ayoh. about being trapped. Um, you know, very familiar. F- yeah, familiar feeling uh. But I want to loop it back um, To the yeah. Louis Ng Jonathan Wan thing right? I think there's something Interesting here to be said About the smiley face Like I have some thoughts About it that I guess Because of Pofma You know It's not safe to disclose mm. Right But I do think It's interesting how The smiley face It has entered Has become This politically charged Um Symbol as it were It's yep. like and Now it's a charged emoji yeah. Or It's a chargeable emoji <laughs> Because clearly, right, the only thing that seems to link Jolivan Wham and um, Louis Ng, I mean, you can't ignore the fact that both have a smiley face yeah. in them, right? So there's it's some, a statement of yeah, fact. It's, it's a statement <laughs> of fact. And it's very, very interesting how this, th- I think, to my mind, like, this, the smiley face is what politicizes the situation. Mm. Right? We, don't, we don't just have to look at Louis Ng mm. uh, to see that this is a political uh, uh, icon, right? Where after when Jolivan Wham got charged, many people went online and held up their own little placards mm. with a smiley face yeah. because they just wanted to make a stand. And I guess now the question is if our. Uh, anyone were to just go anywhere, take a picture of themselves holding up a sign with a smiley face on it, would that be liable for I don't know. investigation? Forget the picture. Like, many shirts now have just smiley face on it. Like, how, am I supposed to now double think the yeah. meaning? Is, is, do I have to do a double? So, yeah? the, the ambiguity here, which is somewhat delicious and sinister, is, is it the act of the sign or the smiley face alone that is politicized or is it the combination of those of those properties? Yeah, See, it's so difficult to decide. No one knows, right? Yeah. yeah, so maybe now, huh, just like how last time when Thailand got riot, right? <laughs> you best when you go yeah. visit your days, don't wear yellow, don't wear pink. Don't right? wear, uh, don't wear, don't red, wear yeah. smiley face when you go out. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Later suddenly, like you get put into a van. Correct. <laughs> Angry face also better not. Yeah. yeah. Just avoid it, all just the avoid, emojis. In fact, just avoid like big yellow circle. <laughs> Sun also better not. Yeah, better not. Because what happened? You eat laksa, then you drop. Then the stains the look stain like eye and mouth. Face, ah, right. You better careful. Yeah, la, better don't, <laughs> guys. Take care of yourself out mm. there. It's a scary world. <laughs> oh, no, but I was just thinking, right, as you were saying that thing about people going up and holding up signs on, on Instagram in support of Jolomon Wem, I was thinking how, you know how a lot of people talk about the absurdity of the idea of a one-man assembly? Sure, yeah. Which is obviously absurd, right? Yeah, and we got called out on like uh, yeah. internationally. By Correct. Yeah. I mean, first of all, hallmark of absurdity is the idea of this kind of clash between like language and meaning. <laughs> one man assembly. Correct. One man assembly is an absurd <laughs> oxymoron, <laughs> right? But you know, in you know, to return to this idea of that sinister kind of autocratic logic, I can see how it makes sense. In oh, yeah? so, and and I, obviously I don't condone this, but I I think there's maybe something quite sinister and sophisticated about uh. thinking of like one man as an assembly because people like Jolomon Wham and then, you know, other activists have done similar things like uh Silan Palais, right? Yeah. Who was, you know, held up like did a kind of performance art action in front of like um 
the the Supreme Court mm. and th- or, or the all pa- parliaments. I think both. And then like um got you know charged for illegal assembly. Sure. Um, without a license. Yeah. Without so, permit. I mean, the interesting thing is that Jolomon Wham and Ceylon, for example, both didn't just stand in front with the with a placard. They or, broadcasted yeah, it. La. It was broadcasted, right? It was photographed and distributed on the internet. And in this way, I can see how you could construe that as like, if you were really being very sinister about it, as the formation of a kind of like imaginary assembly around that action on the internet. Which, right. So like, in a way, right, maybe the, the idea of the one-man assembly is not it's not so much absurd as it is actually very sinister because it's actually and reflecting a deep, deep, very sophisticated understanding of how um, dissent works nowadays. Is it sinister or is it realistic? Because it, it's, a, it's a, I think it's like a notion of our, for our times, right? Mm. A one-man assembly because we live in a day of the internet. We live in the age of the internet. Yeah. So is it sinister or is it just being realistic and uh. understanding how how uh, support can be gathered so yeah. quickly. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, I think it's it's a combination of like all, all, all of the above. It's absurd, it's like practical, and it's also sinister. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we want to think of like... Because you're able to clock it, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean yeah. like you want to laugh at it, right? But actually it reveals some kind of probably quite deep machinations at work mm. where it's like actually, yeah, we can totally describe that, you know, one man standing there with a sign. We can totally describe that if we want to. And we being the state, right? We yeah. can describe that as a protest, as a protest and an and assembly if assembly. we want, because we know what your intention is, yeah. and we know like um, the conversation you're trying to create, and we know what the optics are doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, I think I that, like, when I think I guess what I'm saying is like to be cautious of when we say absurd, right? It potentially um, downplays the situation as purely comic or stupid, but actually mm. it's not. There's the shades actually, of yeah, there's something shades, real behind yeah, it. Yeah, and there's, I think there's a lot of like. Um, um, you know, intricate ways in which power is being deployed in these instances. It's like not just an onion, yeah. la, a lot of mm, layers. <laughs> <laughs> Rotten at its core. <laughs> Yo, it's also very smelly, like mm, yeah. yeah. So you know, Papa, mm, uh, don't allow us to say a lot of things, la, yeah. But I think what we can I say, say yeah. is that we wish Louis Ng all the best. All the best, uh, all MP. the best, mm, MP. all the best. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, no. For your constituents, for the hawkers, also all the best. Yeah. Last May- time I also mm. got undergo police investigation. Before. Eh, is it? You so have? I know it's a harrowing process. Uh, uh. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. Maybe in your police investigation, his police investigation will be different, uh. I don't know. I don't know, la. <laughs> Mine was a. Uh, Quite courteous, like oh, yeah, well long, done. long drawn, but you know, I never used the word nene in an official context until I was investigated by police. And, um, <laughs> maybe I will tell this story one day, another time, yeah, another time, another yeah. podcast, mm, yeah, mm. absurdity part two, yeah, <laughs> all the best, all the best, listen. Singapore, we have it together. Mm, now it's time for lukewarm takes. Ooh. We're two elder millennials. That's us. Talk about something that's happening in the world today. Ooh, and what could possibly be happening in the world today? Mm, the dating apps. <laughs> <laughs> the wonderful dating apps. The wonderful oh world god. of dating apps. Yeah, the could wonderful be like world. Like the next yes. Universal Studios theme park. Are you? Re- oh my god, that sounds horrific. The Tinder slip and slide. Mm. Mm. The dark hall of mysteries, the grinder horror house. <laughs> oh, okay. At this point, I think I should preface the segment by saying that, um, you know, for very obvious reasons, That's you right. know, we can't go into very specific details about Kitchen's dating life. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, because you know, mm. but then what's that to say? If you know, you know. <laughs> 
Is that a, is that a fair enough caveat? Yeah, yeah, do you feel, do you feel um, I feel the, safe. What's the word? Uh, uh, when they sign the form, the indemnity. Uh, do you oh. feel indemnified? Oh, I, I feel quite indemnified. Thank mm, you. Okay, yes, yes, Thank yes, 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 yes. you. So, you know, I want to start off. The reason why we're talking about this is because, Joel, you've, been, you've told me that you've recently started getting on the apps again. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> so, okay, I want to know why did you want to get back on the apps and how the experience been for you? Okay, um, well, obviously I'm single again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Newsflash! <laughs> I mean, like, I've known it for a while. I guess it might be new to some people. That's right. Yes. Uh, obviously I'm looking to get Back in the dating game again. Okay. I hate that phrase. No, but it is what I mean, it is, I, right? Okay, I mean, like, just to qualify, I don't think of dating as a game and I don't think of it as something you go in and out of. I think, like, you know, it's states of mind, right? Whatever. Sure. Okay, anyway, language anyway, aside. Anyway, language yeah, aside. I mean, I'm looking for sex. Um, dates. Okay. This is what I literally put on my profile. Like, I, hi, I'm looking for uh, casual hookups, um, dates, and, you know... Uh, you know, and something more if it's if we click it or if it's something special. So right. I'm back on like Grinder. I'm on Tinder. I joined this new one called Coffee and Bagel. Which oh, is, I heard of that. Yeah, which is also like is they're all very queasy. I'm on OK Cupid. Um, I'm on Hinge. Well, I really run the gamut. I'm on. Wow. I'm on all of them. They got a lot of space on your phone, uh. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I had to delete a bunch of other apps. You know, like my mindfulness apps. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Lot. No, but but how has it been? Like, have you have you had any any luck? I overall, guess? overall, I find the experience to be very depressing. Oh dear. Because I feel like the way I have to present myself on these apps is very like um, limiting and kind of inhumane and many of the interactions I have especially on Grindr which is a shithole right mm. is like they, they are very soulless and inhumane and very um, like callous and careless with, okay. people's, with people's feelings and I just like I, it's really terrible for my self-esteem basically right. you know what I mean because like what people are interacting with on these apps is an avatar of myself that sure but that's to, basically yeah. social media right yeah, I mean yeah, you yeah, put yeah. up this, this very nice polished vers- version of, your se- yeah. of yourself and people and that's what you see you see yeah. polished versions of the, other people the difference with dating apps though is that you are putting up a polished version of yourself that is meant to be as appealing as possible to somebody else and that's actually saying something quite vulnerable which is I'm lonely mm. I would like intimacy and I would like um, to get to know people in a romantic and sexual way and it's quite a vulnerable thing to admit on the internet don't you think? No definitely yeah. I guess like on dating apps especially like with gay men right like I found that there is a it's like you're not only interacting with other people you're also interacting with gay culture which is very tiring Inevitably right? Yeah inevitably I mean interacting with gay culture a lot and I'm beginning to get I realise that the reason why I, I'm having so much trouble and why I find these dating apps so depressing is because I think I don't like a lot of what I see on these apps so I mean you know like gay male dating profiles tend to revolve around kind of like a trifecta of like a kind of holy grail right tree a holy trinity yeah holy trinity of like um Aspirational qualities. The first one is like travel. Of course, it's like it's like the your typical game gay gay boy profile on Tinder or whatever is going to show him at like Borobudur or something or like oh, travel is or, not a character trait. Eh? Yeah, sorry, can we just thank you, Kishin. Travel is not travel. A you heard it here on T Four Two first, boys. If you're listening, travel is not a character, a personality trait. Yeah, personality. It really isn't. Or you know what? You know what? We hate the most. What wanderlust? Oh, like fucking. I hate the idea. Like oh. Tell me about yourself. Oh, Wanderlust. You just found a better word for travel. Yeah. It's like, you know... Actually, tra- yeah, what happens in the pandemic? What do y'all do? Are, do y'all implode on yourselves that now that you cannot travel? That is why I think everybody's going a bit xiao. 
everything's going to be xiao. It's like they can't travel so they say, like, hey, they realize, oh, there's a whole chapter of what I thought was my character that is now deficient, right? So I'm just like, oh, I realize I'm, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I mean, that's a bit, doesn't mean mean spirited. Uh. <laughs> but like, you know, in the spirit of punching up, right? The way I see sure. travel is that actually what you're displaying is wealth, lah, basically. Like yeah. disposable income to go and travel. Stability. Um, stability, the means. It's basically conspicuous consumption, right? Yeah, like you sure. can travel to all these places and that you can actually list travel as something that you, you that, 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 that's important to you. Mm. Everybody loves to travel. I can't afford it. Mm. That doesn't mean I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, on some level, I don't really like travel either, but that's a, yeah, it's a lot yeah. of hassle behind yeah, it, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. So there's travel, right? Yeah. And obviously, there's like um the gym, exercise, ah, fitness, like. Yeah. So travel and then exercise in the gym. Like some people really make it a point to let you know how often they go to the gym. Oh yeah, yeah. It's actually quite irritating. I okay, I don't like seeing all the spin cycle videos that people oh. go. I hate it. That there's not just gym alone. There's something particularly vile about seeing someone at a at a at a spin class or like um like these very like uh what's the word I'm looking for like a boutique exercise contest. Ah, no, no, you know, that's it's exactly like, like it. what's the one that all the gay boys go to? Berry Boys, the Berry. Oh, it's, it's kind yeah. of like advanced level Berries, gym. Uh, yeah. Like basically, it's not just gym, but like premium gym, right? Yeah. Uh, it again, it again speaks to conspicuous, cons- yeah, and conspicuous wealth, consumption. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's really all these things that show that you are in a space where you have the disposable income to work on yourself in very specific, but to basically to buy. Um, you know, consume certain kinds of goods, lah. Because I, I mean, obviously, gym memberships are a form of consumer goods. Yeah, it's yeah. to buy buy your way into a premium mode of life. Correct, la. really. You know, and in by that by that dint, I guess a premium mode of uh, a premium club, la, as exactly. Yeah, and then so I mean, this ties of course to like the third thing that you see on all these profiles, which is bougie food. <laughs> oh, like going to like uh, fancy uh, cafes. Correct, correct. Not just fancy cafes, uh, Michelin restaurant. Of walk. course, the Michelin restaurant. Yeah, it's very like. Mm, I eat fine food, but I got go gym, so it's okay. You oh, know? not I'm only so scurny, I'm so scurny. <laughs> I'm like... I think related to this is also being able to cook. Ah, right, being able to cook like all sorts of things, and mm. like like not only and saying that you have the ability to spend money at these restaurants, but also saying that oh, I have the skill yeah, to yeah, do yeah. this. So I guess like this tripartite. <laughs> right of like uh, aspirational things it's gay culture like it's a kind of like very queasy aspirational quality to a lot of gay culture that I see on the dating apps that I have a very allergic reaction so to. is it just like you don't like gay culture specifically no I mean like that is not a secret <laughs> you know it's no secret that I am not now, how I'm, that? I'm not the biggest fan of gay culture I don't like I don't know that I actively participate in this form of gay culture. Yeah, okay, for so, sure. So like, I guess like what I'm realizing is that like, I really don't fit in on these apps. La. So like, you know, I, it's like everybody there looks the same. They all have the same clean cut haircuts, the same, you know, bodies, the same photos in front of Borobadur, you know. <laughs> and then like you scroll, 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 scroll and then you come across me, right? And I'm just like a manic cow, basically. <laughs> I'm just like this glittery manic cow. Manic cow? Yeah, like who ha- whose personality doesn't revolve around the gym, <laughs> going to expensive restaurants or traveling. So basically like I have very little success on these apps like, like you know I, I, ve- I barely match with anybody on these apps and when I do match with anybody like I never hear back from them right. I know on Grindr right you know unless I'm actively going around saying hi to people nobody ever taps or talks to me um, I match with very few people I've met very few people off these apps and I realise it's because like my avatar my projection of myself as, as in so far as I try and keep it close to who I am, it's just not appealing. Right. Because I don't tick off the boxes of what makes for an appealing gay gentleman in this country. No, see, that's the thing. I think it's a very in this country thing because my uh, my experience with these apps, right, uh, in Singapore versus overseas are very different. Mm. So in Singapore, my experience with these apps is one of uh, the main thing is just racism. Right. Oh, like people just course, don't want yeah. to be 
with an Indian person, which right. is shocking. Uh, like uh, shocking, but also no, not lah. Right. But it's just shocking. I, I mean, I say not, but every time I read it. It I cannot run away from the fact that I feel shocked that this is a real thing, or that people are so still. upfront about it. Yeah, right? and then yeah. they can cu- couch it and say like, "Oh no, it's just a matter of preference." Girl, preference means racism. Please yeah. don't come at me with preference. I right. think it's nonsense. But this is my f- uh, my predominant of uh, like like Exper- interaction right. experience with with, uh, with the apps here in Singapore. But overseas, like when I was in London, it's very different. Mm. I understand that London is a different sort of culture. Uh, cultural context and, yeah. and Indians make up uh, the, the large minority over there so yeah. maybe they're not seen as a minority so much as right. they are here but the, the, the experience was so different eh? people did not see me as something to be like something vile which is what right. I, I feel here sometimes right. Yeah, so, so it was a much more pleasurable experience there so don't you think that it's very much related to country or cultures? I mean I find that hard to talk about because like when I was in the UK I barely used the apps because I didn't have to because like I you know, this is not a boast. It's literally true. Right? I just had no trouble meeting people because, like, I was going out a lot. You were the social butterfly. I was a social butterfly. Was, Always hosting mm, parties. Correct, in your right? house. Like, you know, we had lots of parties. I went to lots of parties. I went to a lot of social events. I met a lot of people. Um, you know, I I met people. In, you know, in sexual contacts, in date contacts, in romantic contacts. I found a relationship, and that was all. You know, IRL of the apps. Yeah, yeah like, in real life. Where, wow. And you know, and I found like I I be, you know I I I miss that very much because like I can be I could be a very rich and full version of myself and people I realize and you know I'm very attracted to those kinds of things in in, in that part of the world. I don't know about here because I've not had much success here, right? Even mm. even meeting people IRL has been difficult for me, honestly. No, right? I think yeah. I think here people have a very weird idea of what you should be even in real life. They uh. feel if they feel like that avatar that you portray on the dating apps should jump out exactly in the yeah. same form in yeah, real yeah, life yeah. and you should still be your manicured self yeah. which is very irritating and very not realistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Or I feel like Especially with like gay dating here, there's a bit of an allergy to weirdness and funkiness, if that what makes any sense. It's just like, it's it's like, I, I think part of the reason my I don't have much appeal here is because like, you can kind of tell I have like slightly weird energy or like, ah, I'm a bit, I'm, I'm okay. a bit spiky. Mm. Like, I think, I don't know, people have told me they found me intimidating, right? But I think if you- I can see that. Yeah. But I don't know if intimidating is the word or if it's just like off-putting. <laughs> Tell like, me, what do you think? Do you think I'm off-putting? Straight up off-putting, right? Yeah, just like, go on. Uh, go smell. Go on smell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you hear that laugh? You hear that laugh? Would you want to be seated at the dinner table with that Harridan's laugh? Yeah, it's quite scary, like, people. <laughs> it's scary to hear, it's scarier to see. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to be depressed about it. Yeah, I mean, seriously, sis, I don't know how you do it I, I hear about your your, your my, my travails your travails quite a bit <laughs> my and travesties it, and it can be I I think it can get to you after a while yeah not embodying a certain type of uh, archetype yeah right? like how someone should look like yeah which is just I know it's very difficult right like. so I the I, I listen to this um podcast called Food for Thought T H O T right, which mm. is like a, a bunch of these queer um writers and artists and some one of them is a scientist who's so interesting who just sit around they're friends and they just sit around and talk about like um sex and queer stuff and oh and, fantastic and, and, and like they 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 came out with this term called structural hotness which I find mm. very useful right it's the idea of how like there's a certain kind of hotness that is um built from, you know, narratives about race and desire and, and, and bodies. All the prevailing narratives. Yeah, all the like. prevailing narratives kind of like concentrate in a very specific vision of what 
hotness. It's desirable. What's hot, right? So in the gay male context, you typically think of like you know these muscle, yeah, white tone, yeah, or majority race, I guess, tone yeah, bodies, right, majority race who can afford things like travel, bougie food, and gym, gym memberships, right? So it's like uh, it's kind of like aspirational quality that intersects across race, class. You know, and mass right. and, and and gender presentation. So it's like structural yeah. racism, but this is structural hotness. Ah, correct. So I really think it's a useful term, right? It is. Yeah. It is. And I find myself facing up against this on these dating apps. I guess is what I was trying to say earlier, right? Mm. Yeah. I think this is a very useful way of thinking about yeah. things because this is this is my experience uh with the apps in Singapore versus London because mm. the structural hotness here is one that of it's, uh, uh, it's one that is a Chinese, you know, mm. yeah, how, how a Chinese person would look like, it's, right? And, and not just Chinese, but kind of like. Um, aspirational Yes yeah. All of that But in, in the UK It was a very different It's quite diverse Yeah, yeah. it's quite diverse Especially in London So it was quite diverse So I didn't I didn't face a lot Of resistance In fact I barely faced Any resistance Which was very interesting right. And it was just Very unnerving at some point right. Because I went like Huh let it, I can let it. I mean, let it. I'm okay. But it I feels guess, very weird. I guess just listening to you say that, it makes me think, of course, there's going to be a difference in the way people date here and the way people date in the UK because the cultures are so different, right? Here, as we've expressed in the first segment today, there's an absurdity to the quality of life. You know, the political situation obviously distorts how we interact with each other on an interpersonal level mm. as well, right? So on Grindr, I've noticed that, you know, there is a lot of you can you can kind of smell the internalized homophobia. <laughs> you can kind of smell the repression. Mm. You know, and people really like um it's it's very like people are very fearful on the apps. There's a lot of discretion, there's a lot of like uh secrecy and there's a lot of suspicion. Right. Um and of course that is going to be the predominant mode of interaction in a country where it's not okay, still not okay to be out and proud. Yep. You know, and I, I feel like that. as much as I want to be critical of these apps, right? It's like I, I also try and be empathetic, lah. It's like people behave the way they do, or often behave the way they do because they are also dealing with a lot of shit, right? Mm. But I mean, this is—I guess it's inexcusable as well to be mean to people on these apps, which yeah. more often than not is the case, you know. So, then. Does it work for you in Singapore compared to... Do you think it will work better for you in another country, I guess? Versus I don't know, Singapore? Like, uh, it's very different. Uh, like, I think in London, huh, like, I don't know on Grindr, right, the only people who talk to me are like significantly older white men who have like an Asian fetish. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God! Yeah, it's a thing. So I'm just... Oh, I've had some really terrible experiences with that. Like, I actually went over to one guy's house once, oh my God. right? Oh, my God. Oh my God. Okay, trigger warning. Uh, like racism. Um, I don't know if it were, if there was sexual abuse involved. I don't. Yeah. Okay. Well, I am going to tell the story. Okay, strap in. So, like this older white man who lived around the block from me, uh, basically catfished me la. So like he sent a photo of himself that looked very different than what he turned out to be. And then when I arrived, I was like, oh well, you look kind of different, but fuck it, right? I'm I'm horny and I'm just gonna get on with it. So I go up to his room and he turns to me and goes like, oh yeah, I've got a girlfriend, yeah? So yeah, if you're good, like we could make it a regular thing, yeah? And I'm just like, uh, okay. Alarm bells, right? Should sis have turned and left? Yes, yes. but did sis also think she might have been physically restrained if she turned and left? Perhaps. So anyway, what? like we go into his like quite nice bedroom actually on oh. on, on, on balance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on balance. And then we start doing it, and then he's just got no sexual technique. 
this like the worst lay I've ever had. It's oh, slimy no. and it's gross. And then like um and he's going like, oh yeah, Johnny. Oh yeah. Because obviously he got in my name wrong. He called you Johnny. He called me Johnny because he like he asked me obviously he asked me what my name was and I said Joel. And sidebar here to how in the UK, right? People seem to think that like because I'm Chinese or whatever, like my name is like Chong or Jong or whatever, right? So whenever <laughs> I say Joel, it takes at least three tries before they go, Oh, Joel. I said, Yes, that's what I said the first five hundred times, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this gentleman like starts calling me Johnny, right? Which like right. after a while I start finding quite funny because it's a bit like, oh, okay, I guess like for all the indignity of this moment, at least I have my name to my <laughs> like right? I've not given him my true name. Oh no. You know, so like it was really like in this like moment of catatonia, I was like, mm, okay, yeah, I guess call me Johnny. It's kind of like role play, role play. Ah, whatever. And then like um I help him finish. You know, right, of course. Thankfully, quite prematurely, as it were. What a lady you are. What a lady. <laughs> a lady of the night. And then, like, I hadn't finished, obviously. So I turned to this, to this like, strapping paragon of, like, of, of, like, sexual... Chivalry. Chivalry. <laughs> and, like, went, um, are you going to help me? And he turns to me and goes, What? What do you expect? What? You want me to give you a cup of tea? You want a cup of tea? You got to go, mate. <laughs> Tell me about it. Oh my god. I you gotta at, go, mate. I just look at him, laugh. Did you laugh? Like, that's brazen. I just went like, <laughs> uh, and right. then went home and took the longest shower of my life. Jesus Christ, yeah. that's terrible. But in answer to your question, um, this was one of maybe three hookups I got off Grinder. Really? In my time, in, in my three years in the UK. Yeah. You know, I, I wonder if you were a bit more active on the apps, might you. On Grindr specifically, I might, feel like might I, you have had more success? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm not using the app, right? Something just tells me I'm not using the app, right? Because like, I... I don't know. Or, I don't know. I think the thing that depresses me about these apps generally is that, like, I, I'm pretty sure... Pe- pe- you know, people like to say, oh, no one's successful on these apps, right? But obviously, that's, no, that's, that's not, true. not true. Obviously, not there true. Are, I, I'm very sure there are people for whom these apps are incredibly useful. Of course, useful. yeah. Like, you know the thing that... Like at the drop of a hat, you yeah. know, you could get a this, hookup. This, this does make me a bit sad, right? Like sometimes when I'm out with friends and then like I just happen to look over at their phones and they're using it, right? And then I look at, you know, their inboxes and I just see how many notifications they have. Yep, I've seen that. Like my, uh, like a little part of me dies a little bit because I go like, oh, okay, I guess that's how it could look for some people. But yeah. for me, it's just like, so I'm beginning to like, so to bring it back to what I was saying at the beginning, right? Like it, it turn, I, I, I begin to turn it in on myself where I go, is there something wrong with me? Is there oh, something man. wrong with the way I look? Or and then you know, and for all the rationalization I've done in terms of like, oh, clearly I don't fit in with it's it's still hard to kind of sit there and go, I have put myself out there. Yeah. And uh no one's biting. I guess it's is the it's the predominant feeling for me of being on these apps. Right. Yeah. Oh gosh. it's just heavy to listen to. God, is it really? what, a, what an experience. To have had in London. I mean, this is not the first time I've heard that story, but every time yeah. I hear it, I go like my jaw drops. I know. I think I get better <laughs> at the telling of it each it's time. It's actually very yeah. harrowing. <laughs> eh. I like Johnny. Oh God. Yeah, but you know the apps clearly do work in some way because you met your partner off an app. You? Yeah, I did. I did. I did meet my partner off an app, and it, like I have to admit that my time on the online dating apps was very like little. Like I, did, you, I did spend you, a lot right. of time on it. Uh, and then when I when I was resolved to like, oh, I'm just going to use them for dating, I met my partner of mm. the apps. And yeah, and it, I've been quite successful. I've like, like success story from one of these apps. La. So, so what do you think it was for you about the way you were 
like uh, manifesting these apps or you know the way you're thinking about how to use these apps like was there was that did, you know did you go in thinking okay I'm looking for a relationship and so I'm going to like use the apps in a very specific way or right. you know okay all I just went into was just uh, all, all I all I thought was I'm just not going to use them for sex I didn't think about I, I want to get a relationship I just said I just don't want to have sex on so, these apps anymore so, right so you were just like okay no casual flings yeah no casual, no casual flings only meetups for coffee only meetups for coffees dates and, and I didn't even think I want to get a I want to get a partner. I didn't think that at all. I was right. thinking like, let's just see where this goes, right. you know? And not not long after, uh, like the third or fourth date, that's when I met my partner. La. That's so nice. Yeah. I, want, I mean, I guess obviously there's an element of luck there. No, for sure. Yeah. But sure. I can see how like, if you, if you're very specific with what, you know, it's like, where, where your focus goes, your energy flows, but- right? <laughs> so it's like, I mean, obviously, if you if you this is what I meant by manifesting earlier. So I think if you set a very clear goal for yourself on these apps, right? Right. Maybe subconsciously, it can kind of like, you know, steer you in a very specific. No, direction. for sure, for yeah. sure. Uh, 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 for me, that direction was not one particular direction. It was just like let's just see what happens. Right. But I was very clear on what I didn't want to do on the app. Right. That was my goal, la. And I mm. guess yeah, I, I I guess that made me, whether consciously or subconsciously, not do certain things, la. Right. Yeah. Overall, I think the. The online dating or the dating app sort of thing, there's a very big problem of self curation and yeah. what you put your what you put out there, yeah. and, and what actually is in real life, and you not yeah. a- actually having seen that person in real life. That, that that is always a bit of a problem there. Yeah. yeah, and for like a very anxious person myself, right, that sets up a lot of barriers because mm. I'm I'm petrified by the fear by the possibility that I'm gonna turn up and someone's gonna go, you are nothing like your profile. And that, you know, to be rejected in that moment, for me, is like oh, that's horrifying. ultimate horror. That's Even horrifying. though it's never happened before. Yeah. You know, but like, it, it actually is an obstacle for me to meeting people often because like, I will meet someone who is so, I find very attractive, right? And right. then all these narratives I have that are like, you know, damaging, uh, damaging on me, right? Made me go, oh, there's no way they could be interested oh, damn. in me. And then I just like sabotage the whole thing by either just not, um, going? not going or not, not even, for example, not even swiping. You know oh, what I mean? Because like I look at a person that's like, I'm attracted to you. There's no way you would. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pass on it. You know what I mean? God. So obviously there's a lot of self sabotage involved here. Yeah. But it's like I'm a, I'm a mature enough, like I, I record emotionally stable enough person to kind of like push through it. Right. And yet I feel like I'm having so much difficulty. So I can imagine that it's like generally a pretty shitty place to be. Yeah, I think it's know? exacerbated by the fact that we just can't naturally now meet people Correct. anymore with the Correct. pandemic going on. Yeah. It makes it so much more difficult because we are truly dependent on these online dating yeah. apps. Although my sense is with Singapore, right, especially with gay men, the field is very, very, very uniform and very narrow. It's yeah. like, I feel in, it, there, there aren't these pockets of uh, you know weirdness where you can meet a lot of people like mm. I feel like all the weirdos kind of already know each other yeah. and ha- maybe have already slept with each other you know quite possibly yeah I feel that might be the case and then like um, the what you're left with is this wash of you know Michelin star chasing <laughs> wanderlust having gym bunnies and I'm just like I'm just so not into that no really categorically not cannot right really can't yeah sorry about it no don't have to be yeah well you know what if Joel is your cup of tea come drink it come drink it <laughs> Alright, it's time for our third and final segment, Bite Size Science. 
is the segment in which our resident science expert, Kishan Kumar Singh, gives us some um, bite-sized science to help us survive 21st century living. Yeah. And what do we have on the chopping block today? Mm, today I want to talk about the science of meditation. <sighs> yeah, correct. Very good. Very good sound effect. Well done. Mm. I approve. So, I mean, a little bit of backstory, and I think I covered this on the previous episode. Uh, I talked about how as we were moving from 2020 to 2021, I was in a bit of a state because mm. I was quite stressed out that 2020 didn't really mean anything and that it, like, I, I think I used this analogy, right? We were building a house in the middle of a fire, mm. right? And moving to 2021 felt like the most fruitless, futile thing to do. Yeah, and I felt does, like, yeah. Yeah, mm. it, it, a little bit, right? And I, I felt like at that point, as we were tipping from 2020 to 2021, I needed to arm myself and just be present as much as possible, which is why I think on the on one of the previous episodes, I talked about doing dry January and I just wanted to be present as much as possible. Right, you just wanted to go into a better mental health space, right? That's absolutely right. Yeah. So I cut out alcohol and one of the other things that I did, I started doing in the whole month of January was to actually meditate. Mm. Yeah, uh, I did something called um, mindfulness meditation. Mm. So mindfulness, mindfulness meditation is basically focusing your attention uh, on something in the present moment. Now this could be, and most often it is the, uh, very often rather, it's, it's your breath. Because right. your breath is something that is involuntary. You have no choice but to breathe, mm-hmm. right? But it's on some level, it's also something that uh, you can make intentional. Right. So you can breathe in deeper. You can breathe out deeper. Uh, you know, you, c- you can make it shallow. You can breathe faster. All these sorts of things. So right. there's a mixture of something, it, something that's quite automated but also intentional. But being mindful doesn't only hinge on just breath. I mean, some people practice mindful meditation by just taking a walk Mm. and then being in nature Mm. and just being present with like the the, the sound of gravel on your feet, uh, looking at the the sun, or maybe don't look at the sun. uh. (laughs) (laughs) Macular degeneration. (laughs) Yeah, don't look at the sun. uh. I mean, looking at like the plants, looking Mm. at wildlife. (laughs) Don't look at the sun, people. (laughs) The the squirrel. (laughs) Yeah, look at the squirrel. The bar fry. Correct. (laughs) So I thought like, you know, let's just give it a go. I have nothing to lose. Mm. I'm really cutting out alcohol. Let's just see what benefit it did for me. And I did a bit of reading before I actually did this whole uh, meditation in the month of January. And I've, I mean, the science is really quite robust. Uh, it, it showed that the science basically showed that eight weeks of meditation daily, right? Just for 15 minutes has the power to change the shape of your brain. What? Yeah. <laughs> I know it sounds it sounds ridiculous, but when I say shape of your brain, the structure of your brain, rather, the structure of your brain basically just means that um, you can have more neuron connections on certain sections of your brain, which leads uh, the strengthened connections basically leads to better response time, memory, and being more present. Right. Yeah. So uh, th- there was a study that showed that whenever someone was meditating, the brain goes into something called a default mode network. <gasps> so this default mode network is just a fancy way of saying the brain, uh, it's just a fancy uh, way of talking about the part of the brain that is activated when your mind is at rest. So mm. it goes into this state where your mind is fully at rest. And science has shown that when uh, studies have shown uh, that when your brain is in default ne- uh, mode network, it can improve memory, attention, uh, goal setting, uh, emotional processing, all sorts of things. So there's basically neuronal growth in different parts of the brain. And people test out like pre-eight weeks of meditation and post-eight weeks of meditation and their reaction times gets faster. They don't feel as tired as they're doing the same work. So it's actual science. And this has been proven many, many, many times. So the study is reproducible. Wow. Which is Which is quite amazing. Yeah, and I think on a more... Uh, interesting. Um, one of the more interesting studies that I looked at was: Can a person meditating affect other people around them? 
So what for, through ambient calmness? <laughs> like actually, sis, yeah. Why? That's it. So for example, if let's say. I meditate and you don't, right? <laughs> and let's say we see each other every day uh, or, or like we're partners or, uh. or or we're family members and stuff like that. The study actually looked at these pairs of people and they found out that the person that didn't meditate experienced fewer negative emotions just by being around the person who, medit- who meditates. Hmm. Yeah, so there is like this effect that you well, feel I mean, from I mean, I guess it could be a social thing as well. No, that's, that's exactly yeah. what I'm like thinking. They didn't w- give a reason. La. I mean, it's like if... I'm meditating and super calm. I'm not going to piss you off as much. No, that's exactly what right. I thought. The paper didn't actually give a reason or didn't go on to explicate why. Right. But no, but I, I guess I, thinking about I guess it, it's you know it's, it's still it's still a good thing. It's yeah. definitely a good thing. Um, the last thing that I that I read that was super interesting and I thought could be quite useful was that meditation is actually used to treat actual clinical disorders like depression. Mm. You know, someone who is in a depressive state, if they actually carry out mindful meditation, tend to have less depressive episodes. Mm. And uh, this is a very, like, one of the better alternatives for people who don't want to take medication. You know, they don't want to treat their their depression with actual, like, chemicals. They, right. they just go into mindful meditation and they get better. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a prison in um, New South Wales, um, Australia, that actually... Uh, teach mindfulness meditation to inmates to try and control their anger and they actually get less and they, they go through less there's reported less uh, anger episodes la. Mm. They, they have less of that which I think is a quite quite a useful thing to prevent uh, recidivism right? Yes. So I, I, I thought that was something quite worth doing la. so all of this science behind it right like how did it impact me and I think that one is a big a big question, lah. Um, because I was quite diligent about it in the whole of January. Right. I did it every single day on the way to school. So, what, like, how, what? Yeah, exactly. What do you do? So I listen to this uh, thing on. Uh, I have an app called Headspace, mm. and it takes me through guided meditations of about ten to fifteen minutes while I'm on the way to school, lah. Uh, on, on on my on my commute to school, and I have to say that for the whole of January, I was not as tired. I was always present. And there's this very strange feeling that I started to recognize when I was starting to, when, when, I, when I felt stress. Mm. So I, I, I was reading about this thing that one person said, I can't remember who, uh, it was about stress. And it, they said that stress is always between you and a situation. It's mm. never something that comes from you directly. It's mm. always between you and a situation. And I totally understood that for the whole month of January because as I started to get, as I started to feel or started to recognize stress, I realized that it was from a situation. And I, and having recognized it, like it was an out-of-body experience a little bit, I was able to see it and I go like, oh, I'm starting to feel stressed. And then I was able to like just divorce myself from it, which was really kind of cool. So I n- never got stressed. So for the whole month of January, I was quite happy-go-lucky. Mm. I mean, it was quite tough stuff to do when I started. I like, I have to admit, the first few times when I started, it was just blocks of five minutes for the first time. Then it got progressively longer like, until it became so like 15 minutes. was it like minutes. guided meditation? It was guided. So it was like a person's it w- voice it in so my like head. So it would tell you things like, what like oh. so it always started off with like uh open your eyes uh fix fix on a point and then take a few deep breaths and then close your eyes and then i just listened to his voice telling me to count my breaths and to just oh, just keep focusing on the breath and if my mind wandered recognize that it wandered and just like imagine a kite and just bring it back wow that's just, very hard uh, it, yeah. is, it was very hard for the first few for the first few times that i tried it and uh, there were points where I was, I was sitting in the the grab right on the way to school right i would actually imagine that I, what route what road i was on so it was very difficult to keep focused but after about a week i i just zone out and mm. it was it was really nice i didn't get sleepy i just was very attentively awake but 
at peace. Mm. It was a very strange feeling. It didn't work all the time. And I think uh, there were points in time where I was quite frustrated where one day I got it, then the next day I didn't. Right. But I think it's like exercise. Lah. Sometimes you can run 5 kilometers. Sometimes you can run 10 kilometers. Sometimes you can't run at all. Mm, correct. So it's... The <laughs> your sister, you relate, huh? Yeah, I relate. I know. <laughs> People's runner now. People's yeah. runner now. Yeah. So... I don't know. I just I just think that when if you want to start meditating, is to be very kind to yourself. Yeah, I guess with any new endeavor, I, I because we are not a meditative society. Let's no, we really way, not. Right? It's like it's actually kind of alien to us to for many people. I guess to just sit down and like focus on your thoughts. In fact, like I feel like so much of life, right, is basically trying to distract yourself from these feelings and these thoughts, right? So to actually sit down and come to terms with them can feel like. Like a chore, like, no, no, yeah. I, don't, I, I still think it's something you should just give it a go with. Uh, you think of all the people <laughs> in your life, I think like I am... You are number I, one. Number uh, one needs to meditate. Yeah. I also need therapy. Correct. Uh, yeah. I mean like there's a lot of research that shows that almost everyone benefit from, benefits from yeah, it. Yeah. So which is why I... You know who is a, a major proponent of meditation? What? Lee Kuan Yew. Oh, Lee Kuan really? Yew was apparently quite, quite a, 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 a religious meditator. Oh. Religious as inconsistent. No, no, yeah. for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I didn't know that. I mean, it, it adds up, right? Yeah. yeah. He's quite a calm and collected man. Like, the fella, see- like, nothing phases him, it seems. Yeah, except the scent. La. <laughs> Not that it phases him, it mildly irritates him. Mildly yeah, irritates, yeah. He can stare yeah. down the barrel of the scent like no other man. So but, it yeah. seems like everybody can benefit from meditation, right? So I got curious. I was like, is there anyone for whom meditation is a bad thing to or do? Does it, or doesn't work. Or doesn't work. Yeah. And yeah, it turns out there are. So for people who have been traumatized or who have gone through some sort of terrible trauma growing up and they've just hidden it over all sorts of emotions, mm. right? Meditation can actually be very a bad thing because what meditation does is to remove all these thoughts and to let you be one sounds cheesy but to let you be very present with yourself let you be one with yourself Mm. but if you are actively suppressing thoughts and then you remove these things and then trauma comes up it can actually be quite harrowing oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, so for some so I've I've seen like uh, YouTube videos for whom people uh, when they when they when they meditate right they actually start crying Mm. and they, they have no explanation why and then they dig deeper they realize oh it's because of whatever that they've been trying to repress. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to meditate, this is also something to take note. Lah, and, mm. and, and practitioners will tell you, or at least from what I've seen in YouTube, they'll tell you that, hey, this is something you need to take note of, especially if you are suppressing trauma. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Huh? Mm. Right? I'm very glad you talked about meditation today. Yeah, yeah, go and try it, lah, sis. Maybe mm. we try together. <laughs> No, seriously. How do you meditate together? We're on the Netflix show and then we meditate. We sit I'll down here and meditate. I'll be so self-conscious. I'll start laughing. Really? Yeah, I would. Later we because try. I will see your meditation face. No, later we just lie down and we try. No. Welcome to the T42 Guided Meditation. Find yourself in a restful position in a place where you feel safe. Close your eyes and feel all the points of connection with the ground. Take a deep breath. Exhale through your mouth. Feel the air going from your nose all the way to the points of your feet. Imagine You are in a clear, open space. This is a world of vibrant imagination. 
you will create the environment around you as you listen to this guided meditation. You look up at the sky. It is filled with many, many colors. Purple hues, blue, yellow, all dancing above your head. You hear the birds. Look in front of you. Is that a beach? Yes, it is. Water is an elemental spiritual element. Make your way towards that beach. You feel the sand on your feet as you walk towards the water. Feels nice and wet, <coughs> occupying all the spaces between your toes. You turn to your left. What do you see? It's a beached whale. It's such a calming, dead animal. You walk closer to the beach whale, and oh, you notice it's a bit bloated. <laughs> it looks like it might, in fact, explode from the gaseous buildup. This gaseous buildup is all your rage and your anxiety mm. and your uncertainty. You walk closer to the beached whale and you lay a hand on it, recognizing all the negative emotion within that beached whale. You feel the gases rumble under your fingertips. These are your tensions from the day, your unresolved issues with your boss your mother's nagging, your father's masculinity, your partner's infidelity. It's just one giant fart building up in the body of a dead whale. All these negative energies pass from your hand and into, into the whale. whale. Charge the whale. Yeah. Let the gaseous energies build yeah. up. Build up, build up, and in one giant exhale, you walk into the ocean to cleanse yourself of the negative energy. Feel the water rising up around you, your knees, your thighs, your special place, your navel, all the way up to your chest. And finally, you slip underwater and experience what Virginia Woolf might have experienced. Floating down 
into a never-ending abyss of despair, ennui, and utter meaninglessness. Yeah, enough of the meditation. We yeah. hope you enjoy our lovely meditative journey. Yeah, but it's time to return to the, the humdrum of life. Ah, uh, yeah. The never-ending, not just any life, you know. despair. Singapore life. Ah, uh, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> absurdity and humidity. Yeah, it's a absurdity and humidity. Yeah. What a lethal combination. Oh God, it feels Terrible. so suffocating. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's not. Let's, let's not. not you know, yeah. Let's help our dear listeners. You know, stay in that restful here. Correct. correct. Yeah, I yeah. think our dear listeners will be happy to know on our behalf. All right, correct. That our social calendars are filled oh, this yeah. weekend. You know, as you know, it seems this podcast has um, infiltrated a few rather interesting social groups, and yes. you know, we are. Everybody's just requesting for our presence at their at dinner, the dinner parties. Table. Oh, I'm mm. just so pleased with that. So yeah, pleased with so we that. have not one but two uh, dinner engagements this weekend. Yes, Look at what, us. What Look is at us. what is a society lady to do over the weekend? <laughs> oh God. Yeah, I hope it ends in sex. Uh, as I'm saying. Oh, okay yeah, I, yeah. I'll pray. I'll pray for you. Mm, thanks, 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 thanks. <laughs> Alright, thanks for listening to yet another episode of T42. Sheng Xiong, if you're listening, you still have an opportunity to give us some vouchers and yeah. sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah, all that cease and desist letter with the vouchers. Yeah, we're, but we're okay just going to say that. it's uh, T42 sponsored by Sheng Xiong Supermarket. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, this has been Joel signing off. Bye bye. And this is Kishan. See you. Bye.